on this episode of Total R&B. I'm super happy to be talking to this artist um, from Montreal. He's a singer, songwriter, and producer. Um, he was uh, nominated for a Gala Dynastie Award. Um, he has influences of artists across all genres that speak to his music um, because his music has a little bit of everything in it. Um, his latest single, uh, What Led Me To You, is now on all streaming platforms. So definitely check it out. Check out the music video as well. It's a fun music video, very colorful. Love it. So welcome, Wayne Tennant, to Total RB. How are you? <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm good on this Saturday. The weather is perfect. And it's a great time to do an interview. <laughs> so I'm glad it worked out. Well, thank you, know? you so much for agreeing to doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, one of the things that I found interesting, because I always thought you were like from Montreal, but you moved here from Toronto. Actually, yeah, um, about 16 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, is that yeah. where you were born or you were born somewhere else and then moved to Toronto? I was born in Jamaica um, and then I moved here like when I was nine and then I kind of grew up between the States and Canada. Oh, so wow. I was always kind of moving about um, ever since then. And so I have an affinity for traveling <laughs> to say the no, least. So. so cool because I think too, like, you get to take in a lot of things, especially when you were younger, like living in different places. So does that influence your music as well? Like traveling, growing up in different places? Oh yeah, definitely. Just being a person of color and always being the odd one out um, was some people would have, you know, think that would be a hindrance, but it actually helped me um, to function in really extreme situations. So. Um, it just made me more open-minded, you know, and, uh, and I got exposed to, you know, just extreme environments and being exposed to, um, different forms of creation, you know, art, that sort of thing. So it made me a really creative person. Um, but I think my foundation growing up with a grandmother that was a musician, um, I think that's what, that's what started the whole thing. Okay. So, Yeah. I, I love that because I feel like when you do when you do have that exposure, I think it helps as a creative. So yeah. I think it, it helps you not be stuck in like one just one type of genre of music and exactly. know what's happening on the outside because there's so many different cultures, so many pe different people into different things, and then you I think you better understand the world. Exactly. I mean, I think what really started for me was when I was living in the States. I was like 10. I was living in uh, Arizona and I discovered MTV for the first time. And MTV at that back then was like, I mean, had people like Prince, Michael Jackson, George Michael. Um, then you had like, like hard rock bands, bands like Bon Jovi and ZZ Top. Um, David Bowie, all those, you know, people that kind of paved the way for what's happening today. And um, just being close to so many different genres of music made me, made my palette that much more interesting. So when you hear my sound, it's, it's a kind of a combination of all those influences, you know? 
Definitely. You definitely hear that if you look at your discography from the beginning up until now, you do hear those influences from those bands and those artists that you just named. And they're all giants. Like those are all, (laughs) which is crazy. Um, So I want to know, because this podcast is all about R&B. So I want to know what is your first memory of R&B? For me, first memory of R&B, I think discovering Stevie Wonder. He was like, he was the pinnacle of, of, of rhythm and blues, really. Um, and just um, composition and, um, and lyricism, you know, lyricism. Um, he was a storyteller, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I say he was, he's still alive <laughs> and he's still making music. Uh, and I hope he remains here for a little bit longer. So um, him, Marvin Gaye. Um, is another one. Um, he was a sign of the times, you know. Um, he was not afraid of being vulnerable. Um, he was a troubled artist, but he put that on. He put that on paper. He put that in his music, and you could see that um, at times very dark. But um, R and B is about feeling, right? Yeah. Part of it, anyway, is about feeling. So it's definitely another one, and of course, Prince who not only did he embody R&B, he also embodied pop, rock, folk, um, jazz. Like, I think he's probably one of my all-time influences because he just does not, one base he did not cover, you know what I mean? So, and he wasn't afraid to be himself and to to embrace the feminine as well as the masculine all at the same time. And that was... That was so cool. That was so cool. So, yeah. No, definitely. I agree. I I think that's something that always makes for good music when you're authentic to yourself. You're telling, like, your truth. I feel like you can eventually see if you're not being real with them. And I think when you are yourself, it connects to people and more people connect to your music. And then, in turn, like, your, your following grows and stuff like that. And I think Prince is just powerhouse like at his career the things that he's done and he's just he's done whatever it is that he wanted to do yeah on his terms you know i mean that's why enough yeah and he influenced artists like you know later on like maxwell another big influence of mine you know and um he he embodied raunchiness as well as class at the same time, it was it was crazy, but I mean, you can never be one thing. We're a combination of so many different things, and it's okay to you know to change and to um, be someone else or be something else, you know, all at the same time. So, yeah, no, definitely. Prince is it, and as an artist too, you're growing as a person. Some people forget that, like you're a person first, so. <clears throat> You're not going to be the same person you were 10, 15 years ago. Exactly. Your music should reflect that and revolve to who you are at that moment, too. And exactly. I think you did that really well. Um, so being as, let's see, Stevie Wonder is a, one of your biggest influences. So let's say we were doing a tribute to Stevie Wonder and they said, okay, Wayne Tennant, you're going to be one of the ones to sing to Stevie Wonder to you know, give a tribute. What song would you choose? Who? Okay, I'm 
a fan of his popular hits, but um, there's some songs where it's like they should have been hits and they weren't. You know what I mean? A lot. Um, so to pick a Stevie Wonder tune would be for me um, "For Your Love." Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was. I remember performing that song in a talent show. Actually, I was like, I was still in high school, and it's for a competition, and um, and I ended up winning. Oh. Um, it was for. Um, American Canadian Association in Toronto, and I got even some recording time as part of the uh, reward. So yeah, for for your love is definitely one, um, uh, one of them. Another influence of mine, which is probably he's right on par, mm -hmm. would be Baby Babyface. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like a lot of people don't realize how many hits he wrote, like how he shaped people's lives, how he made babies, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, out of his generation of music and still continues to, I mean, you, you know, your boys to men, I'll make love to you. Um, your, you know, end of the road, um, Whitney Houston, I'm your baby tonight. I like all these hits, you know, and then, you know, and then like um, Eric Clapton changed the world, you know, I mean, that's, Incredible, incredible body of work. So yeah, so I cannot forget him. No, definitely, especially as a, like a songwriter, producer, like I feel like he's amazing. Like he's one of my favorite ones when it comes to R&B music. Did you watch the verses that he did with Teddy Riley? Yeah, oh my God, did I ever. I think that's how I started watching verses um, was because of that. Because I heard that they were gonna be paired up and I was like, what? And I, <clears throat> I remember the, the first time they tried to do it, which was hilarious. And then I was, I was, I was such a fanatic. I watched a second attempt, you know, and it brought me back to, and I was really excited about music because that's an era, man, where it's just like, it was about groove, lyric and melody, you know, um, and, um, and just performance. And I mean, like people like Bobby Brown, you know, and Guy, and you know, the whole New Jack Swing era. You know, no, that was definitely. that was that was definitely a highlight. I'm hoping that they do like another one because one of them supposed to do like a rematch. So <clears> yeah, them so that they could do it live because I would really love to see them perform some of the songs. Oh man, that would be amazing because, like you said, like I feel like old school singers too, like they really know how to perform. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I mean, like it was all about not just performing the record, but performing it better than the record. Mm, true. You know what I mean? And, and, and I miss that because now everything these days is just copy paste, you know, or performing to a, to a ghost track. People are not even singing anymore, you know? You know, or if they're singing, they got auto-tune running yeah, all at the same time. There's, there's no longer that, I don't know what, <coughs> like a connection. Like I, like even if the artist like a Whitney Houston just stands there. It's her and the mic and her band in the background. Like you still feel something. Like she makes you feel the record. She makes you feel something, man. And she like, she went beyond the record. Like she broke it down. She phrased it differently. She was in the moment, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, you need to re-record that. Like, cause that was just, you know? 
but so they she took it one time. Sometimes, sometimes too, they would tell you like to not to take take it back a little bit in recording in the studio and then save that for the performance sometimes. Yes. Or that the performance is added like another level to, to the Exactly, track. exactly, you know? Or, you know, or just having an acoustic version of that same, you know, that same song and adding that whole new element, a whole new feeling, um, you know, a whole new form of vulnerability. Um, and so I try to do that. Um, Cause uh, I'm 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 definitely not twenty something, and um, but the cool thing is that I got to kind of grow up with some of the best stuff that was happening, and you know I'm mixing it in with what's happening now, you know, and so I'm, I think that's the only way I can stand out. Cause if I was to follow every follow what everybody else is doing right now, um, I'd be just another another clone. <laughs> no, exactly. But I see that in your performance, like you still have that, I don't know, feeling to it. Like I'm not just staring at like, okay, this is another singer or whatever. Like you have that right. showmanship when you do perform. So you could tell that you are influenced by a lot of the greats because I feel like they did it so effortlessly too. Yeah. I mean, you're not on stage doing the running man and all that stuff, but <laughs> yeah. still, like people are still captivated by your performance. And right. A lot of the old school singers, whether they danced or not, you're you're captivated, like you're locked in and just your eyes are just focused on what they're doing and what they're saying. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Um, I want to know because along with singing and songwriting, you produce. So yes. did you produce all because I think you produce all of your work? Most yes, pretty much all of my work. Um every now and again I'm collaborate. I don't do it very often. Um, I've done it, but like in other genres, like I'm well known in the uh, in the house scene. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I did a collaboration years ago, back in 2009, with J. Fred Everything, and that put me on the international map. Um, and that was just my fluke. And to this day, like I have people from South Africa, you know, sending me messages like, "When are you coming? When are you coming? When are you coming?" Um, I did stuff. In deep in the deep tech um, genre, also <clears throat> electronica, that sort of thing. So um, that's when I collaborate, and um, but mostly in my R and B soul stuff, it's usually me. But this year, I took a different turn and decided to collaborate with these two these two guys. Um, they go by the name of Matt Day, uh, Nick Dura, and Noah Days. And um, long story short, they approached me. They're like roommates. And uh, in the midst of the third wave um, of COVID, they set, started sending me music. I was like, I'm open to it. Let me hear what they got, you know? And I, it was incredible. It was incredible. And the first song or the first instrumental that they sent me was What Led Me To You. What became What Led Me To You. And uh, I heard it and I was like, I love it. I'm like, okay. So I told them, I'm like, okay, you know, 16 bars of this, eight bars of this, arrange it like this, have a drop out here, whatever, and it'll be a complete. And I wrote it um, in and around Valentine's. Oh. And that's why I make a, if you discover, 
I kind of make a reference to Valentine's in the bridge of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why that cover is a cookie is because I love to bake. I love to cook and I love to bake. And anybody know if anybody knows about cooking and baking, it's like they always say, like, that's a woman's heart, you know? Um, it's especially if it's done with love. Yeah. So I sort of like <clears throat> how you say, um, put that as a meaning. And I didn't want my face on the cover. So I was like, okay. I made these cookies, and then what I did was I gave the recipe to my graphic designer in Toronto. He made the cookie and then mounted it and photographed it and bit the cookie. So you see, that's why you see you see a, a bitten part of it. And that's a symbolized, a symbolism of, of sorts of each a piece of my heart. So it's that whole idea of the song is really about um, never for love. You know, you can be a player all you want, but at some point, somebody's going to catch your eye. Somebody's going to make you do things that you've never done before. And um, and it's okay. <laughs> you know? I love that. I didn't know, like, it was that intentional to do that. Well, first, I didn't even know you wrote it around Valentine's Day. So that's super yeah. cool. <laughs> talking about love, like maybe a situation you're in or a friend's in or something like that. So I think that's so cool. And yeah, because the cookie is also in the video too. You have it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I made sure I made a batch for the, for the, for the people that appeared in it. That sort of thing, you know, and I wanted the video to, um, to kind of reflect the, the fun, you know, whimsical side of love. And, um, uh, I direct. I self-directed it. I directed it. I shot it, and um, edited it myself. Um, that's what you do when uh, you don't have a big machine behind you. So um, I was really proud of how it came out, and um, yeah, I um, I actually the two guys that I collaborated with they're in the video, so you'll see them on either side of me. The two guys in the the suits too, the Adidas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. So that's, that's, that's really what it's about. And I didn't, yeah, I, it's, it's deep and it's not, you know? Um, but, and I also, I think one of the most important things I wanted to do, because the talk, the title is actually long. So I didn't want to write what led me to you. So I decided with one of them, let's make it an acronym. So it's WLM. Two, number two, it's a double meaning, meaning two people, as well as T-O, to you. So uh, I wanted it to sort of be a, you know, somewhat of a cipher, but it's obvious because when you hear the hook, what led me to you, what led me to you, you know, you'll figure it out. So no, I, just- I like that because too, I find <coughs> online now, everybody abbreviates everything, right? So mm-hmm. for- you'll see those memes and it'll be like, okay, hey, what does this mean? And then it's like a whole bunch of letters and you got to figure it out. It's so, cre- it creates for a great conversation, you know? Yeah. That's why you I know? like it because even before I listened to the song, I saw just the, the abbreviation. So I was trying to guess <laughs> what <laughs> the abbreviation stood for. I was close, but I didn't get it right away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What led me to you? Okay. My, Michael Smith had the exact same thing too. Really? 
Yeah, he's, he said almost the exact same thing as you. He's sat there scratching and he said, it's like, why love? Like, what? like he was trying to figure it out, you know? And I said, that's good. It wasn't easy. Yeah, no, I honestly, I thought it was um, what love means to you. That's, that's ex- I- yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, that's what I thought it yeah. was first. And then I listened to the song, <clears throat> Lead, Lead. Mm-hmm. What Lead. So, yeah. No, but I love the story. So that's a little bit of the history of how that came together. No, and uh, also to note, mm-hmm. um, the it was all done virtually, so we never met up until the video. Until the well, we ended up finished. So we ended up that was the first song. They kept sending me more stuff, and at one point I had to I had to stop them. I'm like, listen, I don't want to make an album. I want to make an EP. And I haven't made a body of work in about seven years. So I don't necessarily want to make an album because it's not an album friendly environment right now. So I'd rather make an EP, a short record, where there's a potential for every song to be a hit. So uh, we stopped at five. And we technically, we started recording um, late December. And we finished through the EP at the end of March. and. The whole time we were in lockdown, we were creating this record. So I recorded on my vocals at home, and it was a back and forth, you know. And then when we we were still in the lockdown, but do, do we, you know, one of those days when everything starts to warm up and the snow starts to melt, and everybody goes outside. You see people wearing shorts, and they're like, "Oh, okay, it's not that warm. We're barely above zero. <clears throat> and uh, we met up in the park, Park Laurier. Social distancing, you know, and um, and uh, I knew one half of the, uh, of the team, um, which is Noah. Uh, we met before several times, but Nick, who did um, the compositions in terms of the keyboard parts and the bass parts, um, never met him in my life. So this is the first time we met. The whole time we've been talking virtually, and. We kind of celebrated somewhat, you know, just like, whoa, we finished. What's the next step? We got to mix. So Noah um, did the percussion and the drum programming, and he also did the mixing. And uh, so the another thing just to symbolize the fact that this record is um, kind of made around COVID, and it's sort of like played loosely on COVID. Um, there's like two songs where we kind of make reference to. Okay. and um, the EP is going to be called uh, Curfew Flowers. Ooh. And it's the reason why I decided to come up with that name is to celebrate the fact that we kind of made it. We're still in it, but we're still here. And for all those people who were responsible, did their thing, made sure that they protect themselves as well as, other, as others and are alive and healthy. Here's your flowers. <laughs> you know? I love that. And yeah. when, do you have a date, like, when that's going to be released for everybody? So there's going to be a release date, um, tentative October 3rd. Okay. That's soon. And I'm doing it at around that time because I'm supposed to be in Pop Montreal. Okay. Uh, the Pop Montreal uh, Festival. So I'm going to have it released in and around, hopefully after I do the Pop Montreal. 
So that's something to follow up with. So um, that's the plan. Um, and it's a five song EP. And uh, the next second single should come out closer to when the EP is coming out. So. Okay, closer to October. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So. Well, I can't wait for that. I do have to ask now, since you revealed that you cook and you bake, will there be cookies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there'll be lots more of that. Um, there'll be lots more of that. In fact, I think that what I want to do, <clears throat> along with the promotion of what led me to you, I want to kind of like give the recipe. Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody's interested in making these uh, these cookies, okay, I got one now. So um, I want to put that on my website as I revamp my website um, to uh, to build around that. So that's the plan. And I think that's good too because that's something a lot of people were doing during the lockdown. They were baking. <coughs> yeah. It was so hard for us to find flour at the grocery store. So <laughs> I think it really goes well to tie in to, you know, making that kind of like um, to talk about COVID and stuff, because that's something that a lot of people spent time doing was baking. Um, even like within the family, it was like an, an activity to do. So I think that would be super cool if you added that in um, to the release of the EP, because I will definitely check that out and try it too. Well, we're going to have a, I'm going to definitely be uh, putting on a release party. And it's probably going to be at the Five Center. Um, and, and so I'll be in inviting people like yourselves, industry people, to come to the listening party. Um, it would also involve a couple performances of some of the. So it's going to be really special. So maybe I'll make a batch of those cookies for that release party. Who knows? We'll have to see. But that's all you gotta say. Performances and cookies. I'm yeah. <laughs> and makes for great marketing too, right? So yeah, no, it's really you know? I like it. Like as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, that is gonna go. Like that's gonna click immediately. Right. So it's different, but it's something that's attached to you because it's something that you actually do. It's exactly idea that you came up with, just did like a simple, like, I don't know, decorated sugar cookie and just it's right, something that you actually bake, so it means more. It, yeah, it's really special, you know. Yeah. Gotta add that touch to it. That it's a it's a personal touch, mm -hmm. you know. So no, and you know, in these days where you have you know everything is so, <laughs> part of the cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Assembly line, you yeah. know, um, clone, 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 clone. Um, it's, it's nice to have something a little bit different, um, that stands out, you know, and that's the thing because there's, there's a million people out there doing what I do, you know, but what makes them stand out? That's the thing, you know? So. Definitely. I want to take it back because, um, I want to know, how did you get into producing? Because a lot of people just, you know, they're, they're either a singer or they're a singer-songwriter, but there's not many that do all three. Yeah, man. That, you know what? That kind of was born out of working with producers and then seeing how they did what they did. The, the fact that I came from a musical background, I came from a family, you know, especially going back to my grandmother, where she could read music and play music. 
um, she was so taught. Oh. And yeah, she could play the guitar, the harmonica, and the piano. Amazing. And she could sing. And so I almost had no excuse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a tough act to follow. Um, so at some point, I had to pick up an instrument. And my first instrument was a saxophone. Did you um, when I was no, I I was taught in um, I was I I started learning in uh, junior junior high um, when I was in uh, California at one point. Um, uh, I learned saxophone, and then when I moved back to Canada, I continued with it. But then I joined um, a brass band, and it eventually just focused on singing. Um, so, uh, luckily for me, I had a uh, <clears throat> a program, music program where every student in the music class had their own keyboard and their own MIDI setup so they could learn the basics of recording. So I had that foundation. So after graduating high school and learning how to work with producers and being recorded by them, um, I was sort of forced to learn it myself because I didn't want to depend on musicians and producers anymore because I was pretty much at their mercy. Mm -hmm. And I don't like waiting. I like to do things on my own terms, you know, especially when I have an idea and I have a date for something. So um, I uh, bought a recording uh, program or a DAW um, and uh, it was Logic and I learned it. And uh, I applied all my musical um, knowledge into composition and yeah. No, that's so, amazing. And I like that you said that because as an artist, like it's all about being creative and the freedom to flow like in your creativity. So I like that you learn those things so that you're not being held down by anybody. Like you can just, if you have an idea, you can go right away and basically put it together, which yeah. is amazing instead of, okay, well, I can only get to the <laughs> studio like next Friday. And then by mm -hmm. then you kind of maybe lose the momentum or the feeling of what you have. Exactly. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. that's so dope. And because you found um, the the producers that you're working with now, are you more open to working with other producers? Or I'm still open because um, sometimes when you collaborate, um, you end up bringing up certain things that you never thought you had. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's always important to sort of like be open to working with other people. Um, um, but I'm still gonna, you know, do my own productions and that sort of thing, you know, but it opens up your world when you collaborate with other people and it, it gives you opportunities too, that you may have never been able to strike on your own. So I always kind of keep that as an added, how you say, uh, option. Okay. You know? And I wanted to ask you too about like touring and, and doing shows and stuff like that, because that's something that we're unfortunately missing <laughs> because of COVID. So how has that been not being able to perform your music for the last like 17, 16 months? It's been a nightmare <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, not, not to put it lightly, to put it honestly. Um, when COVID hit, 
I froze for three weeks. Mm-hmm. I even I can even admit that I went into a depression because this is how I make my living, you know. So if I'm not performing my own music, um, I'm usually um, in a cover band doing corporate events. And at the time when it hit, we were just getting into the season of you know doing weddings and you know corporate events and stuff. So it was it was a shock to my financials. You know, and uh, thank God the government, thank God I live in a country where um, you have a government that looks out for its uh, its citizens, especially when you pay taxes. <laughs> and so, you know, um, when Trudeau announced that you'd be, you know, giving out an emergency benefit, I took advantage of that and uh, took advantage of it in a way where it's like, okay, I can still get to do what I want to do, take that money and reinvest it into myself. And because it was not more of a time where people wanted to be, uh, they wanted to be inspired, mm-hmm. you know, um, and here musicians, creatives, whether you're a vision artist or a musical artist, whatever, it was, everybody was creating more now than ever. And I didn't understand it at the very time until people started saying to me, Wayne, this is the time where you really need to put stuff up. And then I got it. And it's the best thing I ever did. I ended up being more productive um, than I was pre-COVID. So, um, I made good use of my time, even though I wasn't performing, I was performing online, you know what I mean? Um, and I was, that's where I got into directing videos and putting out visuals and that sort of thing, you know? So um, it forced work in another way, you know? Um, but I also knew that <clears throat> I couldn't stop because if I stopped, my future would be at risk because at some point we're going to get out of this and I don't want to be in the same position I was before COVID hit. You know what I mean? So it's about doing as much as you can now so that when we get out of it, um, you're at a different level. You're at a higher level as a musician, as an artist. So that's why I've been doing stuff like this. No, I, I, well, I'm I'm really happy that you were able to change things around because it was very hard for a lot of people, especially in the beginning, because we didn't know what was going on. This never mm-hmm. happened to us before, thank God. But mm-hmm. I think it pushed all of us to kind of um, like think outside of the box for mm-hmm. some of and then for the rest of us too, we also had to change the way that we, we were thinking about the situation. Um, because I feel like a lot of people during this time, they were able to kind of start things that they actually love doing instead of just doing things um, either because it's cool or they needed a paycheck. They were kind mm-hmm. of shifting and, and falling into whatever their passions were because they had the time now to follow through that. Um, so. I guess it depends on how you look at it. For some people, it was a, 
a good thing. And then I know for a lot of people, it, it just wasn't because of everything that was going on. But mm -hmm. I am happy for you that you were able to change that around and then, you know, give us this great music that we have the single now. We're going to get an amazing EP in October. So that is the good thing. And you met the producers as well. Um, so building that new relationship, I think a lot of people also were able to build relationships with other people, which is also um, a good thing. So I'm definitely happy about that. Um, but to stay on touring, like, where was your favorite place to perform? Wow. Um, man, I'll be honest. Um, my favorite place was in France. Um, I had the opportunity to perform with the band Valère. Um, I got the position of being the front person because they're, they're a musical band. Um, they're a bunch of musicians. Um, one is a, kind of like a, an MC rapper. Mm -hmm. um, they were originally known as Mr. Valère, a Quebecois band that made a really big name for themselves within the province of Quebec as well as in France. And they made some collaborations with people like Alan Prayer of the Bricks, as well as Freddie V of, um, of the Foundation. And they went on tour. And normally those were the two guys that would front um, some of the collaborations, but those two were on tour. So those two guys, Freddie V and Alan Prater, suggested my name uh, as a stand-in for them back in 2018. Hear something like that. Right, you know? And uh, so they referred my name and I got to tour with them in France. And I can't remember how many cities we did. It was a month tour. And we went from, we were at one point, my first, my first performance was in Bonneville, in high in the Alps of uh, the French Alps. And then we made a way, you know, through Paris and then up the, the western coast of, of France, up to the northern part. And I think that was the most fun experience I've ever had in my entire life, um, being on tour and meeting all these these people I've never met before and making all these fans. Um, and, and it was, and the production and the, I mean, it was just amazing. So yeah, that's probably my favorite. Well, yeah. that sounds amazing. Like to just <clears throat> travel through France like that. Um, yeah. I've been once and I think it's like a very beautiful place like to see. Oh, beautiful. So I only got to go to Paris. So just to imagine to get to see all those different places. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 the food. I mean, I became a foodie. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, we got to eat at these amazing places and seafood and it was just oh, it was just awesome. So that I will always hold that experience dear to my heart. And for me, that's that's the bar for me. Okay. in terms of um, touring conditions, you know? So I hope to get, I hope to make that experience again for myself um, as things open up. So fingers crossed. 
No, it will because you said you have fans um, in Africa too. So yes, no, that might be somewhere that you're going to like really soon, and maybe you'll get to tour different places as well. And I think that would be super dope if you get to do that. Which oh, for sure. Get to you will do it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, so I, I love that. You know. Well, also too, when it comes to. Um, to artists because especially with the pandemic and stuff, do you feel that there needs to be more things in place to kind of like protect artists because a lot of the money is being made by touring. So if something like this happens again, like should there be something in place already or what can artists do to kind of make sure that they're okay? Well, I think it has to be all around whether it comes down to the organizers, um, you know, or in some cases, uh, record companies, you name it, like everybody's got to take certain responsibility in care and safety. Um, I think it should be mandatory, in my opinion, that everybody working um, in whatever capacity um, in these in these times, when it comes to tours, um, that they be vaccinated. Um, I know there's a lot of naysayers when it comes to these vaccines, but I'm I'm basing this on science <laughs> and not um, conspiracy theories and what have you. It's logic and it's science. So, um, yeah, I think I think. There, there needs to be from now on um, safety protocol all the way around. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Well, yeah, because I was just thinking because over the course of uh, COVID, I did discover a company called uh, Unison Fund, and mm. they're there. Um, it's a Canadian company out of uh, Toronto, and. Mm -hmm things put in place, which I didn't know. And I was just like, I feel like more people need to know about this. They had basically like a COVID relief fund for artists. So oh, wow. yeah, so you you registered to their website, which is free. And um, actually, can you send me that? No, I'm no, I'm gonna definitely send you don't they're not Thank paying. You. I just think that it's an yeah. thing that they do. So um, you're able to call to register um it's free to register with them as long as you're mm. a member you can uh call in um and ask for a fund so they would send you uh, basically money and then they also have um like therapists that they can connect you with because you know there's not really too much there or to talk about especially like mental health and artists mm -hmm. Pressures that artists go through and stuff like that. So they offer like a lot of different services and also like financial planning and stuff because oh, wow. you know you'll get money, but the artist doesn't know how to manage the money. You know, mm -hmm. or even if you have somebody managing your money, it's good to know what's going on so that you don't what to look for and exactly. Yeah, so no one's taking advantage of you too. So I thought that was super cool that we do have something like that here in Canada. Um, to basically protect the artists and also help them too. So it's just like, mm -hmm. so I will definitely send that to you um, after this, uh, their website, and you can check it out. Awesome. I, Thank you. You're, oh, you're welcome. Because I think we need more stuff like this for artists as well. Um, mm -hmm. 
so that they're protected because I mean, I feel like the industry, it's, it's a little difficult sometimes mm-hmm. to make sure that you're receiving the money. Cause like I said, a lot of artists make their money through touring, but if that's stopped, then. Then what do you have? What do you have, yeah. Okay. Definitely sending that to you. Um, so I wanna play a little trivia game. Okay. <laughs> this is Prince themed. So some of the questions, it's probably really easy for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to get into that. So my first question to you, um, Prince was named after the band his father was a member of. What is Prince's full name? Prince Rogers Nelson. Bingo. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Ah. Um, I got scared for a second. (laughs) Yeah, because that's why I'm like, oh, they might think it's something else because I said, like, the father's band. Right. <laughs> okay. But that was that was the band. It was like Prince Rogers Jazz Band or something like that. Yes. So, yes, you got that one. So, second question. In the movie Purple Rain, what was Prince's nickname? Ooh, you got me on this one. You know what? I mm, no. I I can't remember. I cannot remember. They called him the kid. Oh, that sounds familiar though. Yeah. I remember Morris Day calling him the kid. Yeah. Yeah, Morris Day but and I, the club owner too. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. That's one movie I gotta watch again because I don't think I've seen it since I was a kid. Really. Yeah. I watch that movie all the time. It's ridiculous. I need to watch it again. Oh my God, yes. Okay, this one This one might be a little hard. Um, which music video did Michael Jackson want Prince to appear in? Bad. Oh. You got that one. <laughs> right off the I have to make up for the last one. Come on. <laughs> okay, uh, next one. Uh, which Prince written song became Tevin Campbell's first hit single? Round and round. Yes. <laughs> Tevin is another one. Incredible. I call him the male Whitney. You know what? I see that. Right? <laughs> but I didn't know if, because like not a lot of people, I guess, would know that. that yeah. He, even though he is in the music video and everything, um, just to connect those two. But yeah. Okay. So last one. Uh, which person was not a part of the revolution? Is it A, Wendy, B, Jimmy Jam, C, Dr. Fink, or D, Jerome Benton? Jimmy Jam. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so you did really good. You only got that one. Uh, one neuro. Definitely love that. Oh, and awesome. I did want to mention um, because I don't know if you remember, but I met you like a few years ago. You seem really familiar. I, you, yeah, you <laughs> really was, seem familiar. It might have been just one time. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it was one time. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a thing where I saw you like multiple times, and you're like, mm. <laughs> I tell you. Um, but where yeah, was it? 
at uh, Ma TV's uh, Culture Zone. You were there with Community. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, I remember that. And I'll never forget it because you were like backstage, like talking to everybody, but you were singing. And in my head, I'm like, his voice is so beautiful. Oh. I love his voice. Oh. And then you started talking about the Motown Museum. And yeah. normally I'm a shy person, so I leave people be, but I like literally whipped my head and I was like, you went to the Motown Museum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I love it. You have to go. And oh, we were talking go. about it. And so I did go a few years later. Oh, good. Yes, I went. I was in Toronto. And so I decided to just take the, the train over um, to Windsor. And then I took the yeah. bus. And I went for the day. And I was so happy I went. I loved it. So thank you so much. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it pushed me to, like, really go. I did you, didn't you come out a changed person after coming, after going through that? You look at like you just look at music differently, and you realize where it's coming from, where all this came from, R and B. Yep, where it all came from, and even like the business side of it was yeah. just insane to learn about. Right, it was all literally in house. Yeah, it was amazing, and how he basically purchased like that what that block and yeah represented a certain aspect of the entertainment that the artists needed. So like the NR or like management. Yeah, like to see the, the actual, um, um, the masters, the master recordings, you know, you're literally walking through time. No, it, it was amazing. Do you remember who your tour guide was? Was it a guy? I think it was a guy. I think and it was a guy, yeah. Nice voice. Like he yes. yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's too funny. And you couldn't take pictures. No. Yeah, you couldn't take pictures. So it was like, it forced you to really absorb it, you know? Which is, I'm kind of glad that and I didn't have to take pictures. Like, yeah, you know? You know, seeing where the kids, seeing the crib, the original crib where the kids, you know, the kitchen, the, the whole, ah. Yeah, I. Everything. Um, I appreciated that too, that we weren't allowed to take pictures because it allowed us to really focus, um, mm. ask questions, you know, like anything that piqued our interest. Like I, I just, I feel like I retained more. From yes, that. absolutely. I was busy on my phone, like trying to get everything. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, man, no, I really, I think everybody, anybody who's a musician or even a fan of music, um, especially of R&B should go and visit that place. It's just, it's, um, it's an educational piece, you know? No. Definitely. So I want to thank you so much because you sold me on it because, you know, you want to do something, but then you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Right, right. A dream. But then I'm like, no, he went. He's told me all these amazing things. I have to go. So I did it. So thank you so much for that. My and pleasure. At the end, there was, um, oh, man, I can't remember her name. She's from a group. Um is it the Supremes? Is it Mary Wells? Um, Mary Wells. Uh, I think 
it's Mary Wells. Is it Mary Wells? She was a part of a group, right? Yeah, it was this. She was part of the Supremes. I think she was one of the founding members. Okay, so no, it's, um, the, it's not Mary Wells. Martha and the Vandellas. And the Vandellas. Okay, uh, they, um, Mar she that group, Martha and the Vandellas. I was a big influence on Amy Winehouse. Yes, but Martha was actually there when I was there. What? Yeah, she was in the front. What? Taking pictures with people. So, oh. again, I am not one of those people that bother, but I'm just like, you know what? You came all the way from Montreal to Detroit. See if you could get a picture. Yeah. And I'd asked um, the person that she was with, I'm like, oh, do you think she still has time to take a picture with me? And she's right. like, you know, we're ready to go, but uh, I'm going to let you be the last one to take the picture. And yeah. So I got to sit down next to her. We took the picture and she was talking to me. And it was so funny because a lot of people think I'm a lot younger than I am. So <laughs> welcome I, to the club. <laughs> she actually thought I was a kid. <laughs> she was like, Girl, I, I could tell you have that singing voice when you get older. And I'm like, like I am in my 30s. That time has passed. And <laughs> it's never too late, though. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you it's the exact same thing. It, it's true, but I, I'm I'm not the one. My sisters sing. Okay. I'm 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 more of the dancer. I don't I don't. Do okay. Thing. No. <laughs> but it was. So, I could tell it's from her, like her training, like from back in the day, to you know put that like hope into people and just to make that conversation and be really. Prepared. But I think too, your 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 speaking voice, the timbre of your voice, will lend itself to a very nice, um, probably the soprano or alto soprano. So I think I see what she's saying. Oh, okay. I thought she was just making stuff up. No, 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 no. Your voice has a nice ring to it. So I'm sure if you wanted to concentrate on developing your voice, you could. Well, I'm going to have to hit up my sisters and be yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, so that was a great experience. So I definitely, they actually, they're um, expanding. They're okay. expanding the museum. So I, I would love to go back to see them expand. Me too. I'm happy that I saw the original version of it, but to see the expansion, I'm expansion. excited. That definitely. Like, I definitely want to see, the next time I go to a museum, musical museum, and me and my friends have been talking about it, is going to see the Prince Museum in Minneapolis. Oh my gosh. Paisley Park. That okay. would be amazing. Yeah. I noticed your headphones are purple. <laughs> Listen, I, you see the background, the logo, everything. Oh. I have even like um, a family friend for my birthday. She brought me like this Where's Waldo, but it's like Where's Prince. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's serious though. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. No, wow. I love since I was a kid and then I grew a love for Prince so I, I was just happy that he was like the king of purple <laughs> so it, it right together like right now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in between because going back to the, the cover of uh, what led me to you um it's um I use that lilac mm -hmm. and that's why I'm wearing this lilac I'm staying on brand so <laughs> <laughs> So you'll see, <laughs> so 
I don't know what it is. I must have been I must have been in tune with the universe because um, the cover, that color, ended up being a prominent color this summer. Lilac. It's everywhere. You know. So um, and uh, and for the cover of the uh, of the EP, it's going to be incorporated in all that too. So yeah, I'm even more excited. So- yeah. We got purple, we got album, we got performances, we got cookies. I'm here for yes, it. absolutely. I love that. So, uh, Wayne, tell everybody where they can keep up with you, where they can follow you, where they can get your music, especially. Okay, so you can find me at my way, main Wayne's Wayne site, Wayne site, main website, um, www. Wayne Tennant, W-A-Y-N-E-T-E-N-N-A-N-T.com. And you'll find all my social media handles as well as where you can purchase my music. If you're an old school and you want to not stream music and Spotify <laughs> um, type of consumer, um, you can go to Bandcamp and you can donate whatever you want. Um, uh, to any of my releases. Um, and uh, that's right on my website as well. Um, but you can find me on every plat- streaming platform. Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, uh, you name it. And, um, and as well as Instagram, all those. Now, of course, Instagram, um, you can find me at Wayne Tennant Music, as well as you can find me Twitter at Wayne Tennant Music. And... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, Wayne, for thank you being on my podcast, for sitting with me, talking about an array of things, and I cannot wait until the EP drops. I will look. I'm looking forward to everything. So I will be following you on social media, of course, and keep awesome with all of your work. So thank you so much, and, and thank you for being so professional. Oh, wow. I got it. so professional. I'm like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you're on point. Your point. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for everybody listening. Um, this is another episode of Total.